With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. Um, still waiting, still waiting for the Reds to win away from home in the Premier League this season. Oh my God, what an absolute embarrassment of a performance and a result against newly promoted Nottingham Forest side. I don't even know what to say. Um, a bit bemused, but here we are. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to try making sense of the absolute embarrassment that we watched. And joining me on this podcast, um, I've got two incredible guests as always. So um, let me introduce my panel. First up, couldn't make it on Wednesday, but tactical stuff for today. I'm sure he'll be world-class, unlike the Reds. Um, Justin, I'm really sorry about that result and the fact that you pulled a short straw today, but welcome to the show. Yeah, that was um, a, a terrible game of soccer that we lost. <laughs> oh, Lisa Marie and I are going to describe everything in a minute, by the way. Yep. Talk about jumping the gun because, yeah, there's my next guest, Lisa Marie. Welcome back. (laughs) Yes, hello. Yeah, Justin and I have decided since the Americans outnumber, you know, on the pod today, we're going to use the words soccer, field, game, you know, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Full on mutiny, full on mutiny on the pod. Is is that how it is? Are you turning on me, right? I see you. I remember this. Now, I said this last night to Justin, but you know what? Now, after what we had to watch, you know, we might as well find a little bit of fun and joy because it certainly was not in the game that we saw on the field today. You could call it stickball because what the Reds played was certainly not football. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Um, that's, uh, I'm, I'm really, really rubbish with my um, references to um, American you know, sport, yeah. but... It could be called soccer, like what I watch my kids play on a Saturday. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you but go. My child yeah. Harvey Elliott, but my other children, you know, in the local fields here, um, you know, for their rec leagues. Yep, we're just here bringing the soccer mom vibes. Um, I, um, right, guys, let's let's get into this. And um, I do have a caller, but before I get to the caller. Um, we obviously listeners we we jump on before we we did not pre-chat about the game uh we're we're, we're saving it so I just want to quickly just get a raw reaction from both of you um Justin I'll come to you first um we created enough opportunities to win the game finished none of them 
they created enough opportunities to finish, to win the game, finish for the one they needed to. Um, we were unable to impose ourselves on a team that we should be able to impose ourselves on, and the inability to you know put them to the sword or create chances with any form of consistency uh, was our undoing today. And given what was available in the squad, Klopp uh, made some decisions. Those decisions didn't work out. Most of our players didn't play particularly well. And the only one I thought who acquitted himself in any reasonable way was Curtis Jones. Nicely summarized. And what about you, Lisa? I mean, how do you feel after that? Now, I had a very long week at work, and I really did not, I, you know, I deserved better than having to get up at the crack of dawn before the sun was up and watch that. That's just all I have to say. Um, yeah, it was just appalling on a number of levels. I mean, Justin summed it up much, much nicer than, than I can at this point in time. But yeah, I mean, we had chances, and we just could not put them away. And they should not have had the chances that they had. I mean, you know. On paper, we are clearly the better team, and we did not show it today at all. No, we certainly didn't, and I'll just quickly give my quick rough thoughts on how I feel. I'm just absolutely disgusted, man. Uh, I don't know what I watch anymore. It's just so frustrating. You know, it's not even the fact that we get done by great football and stuff. Like, losing games is part of everything. It's it's the manner in which you're losing. And when you hand that goal, and it was a gift of a goal in terms of how the build-up to it, it just frustrates the crap out of me. Um, I... It just, it really, really does. And, you know, I'm not going to kick off about the youngsters playing because there are a lot of injuries. But, you know, there's just, we will be talking about the players and I have a lot to say about some of our senior players in this game. And we'll we'll get into that. But I'm just going to hold, I'm going to just slow down a second because we do have a caller. It's the familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show. Kieran, he's just going to probably summarise how he feels as well and and his thoughts on the game. But Kieran, welcome back. Thank you very much, Nina. No, no, no. Pleasure. Um, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, even on such a horrendous, horrendous, um, uh, on the back of a horrendous defeat. <laughs> oh, well, well, this is uh, this is a new low for the season. Um, it was an absolutely abysmal display. Um, we we didn't even look like threatening at all in that game. I know we had one of them chances, but I know we had the odd chance with Virgil on that, but... Other than that, though, I, 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 given the performance we put on today, we deserve nothing, and we deserve we lost the game. And like you said before, um, it's just not good enough. It's just something not good enough, and we have. To, I don't know where we go from here. To be honest, and, and that is a question that Jurgen Klopp and his coaching staff are going to have to find the answer to. But Kieran, is is that everything? Um. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about much more of the game. I mean, it was just a dreadful watch all day, to be honest. And yeah, I don't want. To, I have not much more to say. Cool. And you know what? I think we'll, we'll be covering a majority of what you've said there as well. So you know what? Let's just um, thank you so much, Kevin. My pleasure. Thank you very much. No, no, no. It's um, it's a pleasure having you on the show, and we really, really, you know, rate the fact that you call in. Um even after such a horrendous result. Right, let's get into this. Um, 
I don't know why I sound I sound a bit upbeat then. God knows why. But anyway, Justin, I'm going to come to you. Team lineup. Jurgen Klopp makes five changes from the team against West Ham. I mean, what did you make of the ch- changes? I mean, I did the preview to this and I expected some of the youngsters to be thrown in there. I run through the team lineup really quickly again just to refresh people's minds. Alisson in Nets, Virgil van Dijk, Gomez, Robertson and Milner, Fabinho and Jones and... Uh, I, I put it as a, he does it as a 4-4-2, but I do it as a 4-2-4, but okay, we'll, we'll do it as, as a 4. And Jones, um, Jones, Fabinho, Elliot, Cavalio, and Roberto Firmino, or Mossala up top. What did you make of the team? Um, no pace. There's, there's no pace and no width in that team. That's, mm. that's what I feared might happen. And if you look at actually how that, you know, kind of shook out, that was a, that's a team that likes to play through a lot of central positions, and we tried playing basically up the gut of a team that expected us to play up their gut, and we couldn't go around them out wide, which is probably where we could have gotten some joy. Um, but we, you know, if if we don't have Darwin, if we don't have Diaz, we don't have Jota. That's basically putting you with not, you know, you're playing two twenty, a nineteen year old and a twenty year old who, as talented as they are. They're not ready for every week starting football in the Premier League. And the fact that we're thrust into a position where that's going to be the case for us, at least until Darwin comes back, is probably a bad thing. Uh, but today is a day where obviously it was very obvious that we were missing a wiry Colombian man who can dribble through a lot of things. Uh, he, he would have been a absolutely huge help for us. And uh, yeah, I mean... The squad is what the squad is. It's a, it, you're dealing with eight injuries. It's basically playing square pegs and round holes. Basically, that's what we were stuck with. Yeah, and I think largely that was down to injuries, wasn't it, um, Lisa? Because again, like every game, a striker has been kind of dropping like fly. Like, you know, our strikers have been dropping like flies. And um, I fully expected the youngsters to play. Not that I wanted them to. It's not that I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, given the nature of where we are and the lack of squad depth, it was pretty. The, the writing was on the wall that it, this is going to be a very, you know, um, a very different Liverpool side that we're going to face. And I think the West Ham subs that he made um, against West Ham, Jurgen Klopp, that is, I, I felt like that was kind of um, him, kind of um, uh, indicating what he's going to do against Forest. I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on the lineup. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I expected changes. Um, you know, I don't like it when. And, and I know others have said this as well. I, I don't like seeing yet Elliot and Carvalho on the on the pitch at the same time. I mean, I you know, of course, they're both players with a lot of talent and a lot of potential. But but there's just something right now about the two of them on the field at the same time that just doesn't seem to work. So, you know, the changes were as expected. I was a little bit surprised to see Milner in for for Alexander Arnold, but but not hugely surprised. Um, and, and, you know, and it, and it worked out okay. So that was it. But yeah, it's just, there wasn't a whole lot for them to pick, you know, we're, we're back to where it was kind of at the, the first couple games of the season where it's like, well, there's not a whole lot to choose from. Um, I was happy to see Curtis Jones in the lineup. I think, you know, he definitely needs playing time to get back up to form and, and you know overall I think he did rather well I'm, I'm trying to highlight some positivity here not that there's much to find so yeah I mean the team was pretty much what I expected to, to be knowing that we've got the Ajax game you know coming up 
within days and then whoever after that, et cetera, et cetera. So changes were necessary, and I guess they were mostly the ones I expected to see. Into it. And Justin, I'm going to come to you because um, I felt like the game kind of started off at a very, very slow tempo. Something that you alluded to that there's going to be no pace there, you know, there was a lack of width, but it just felt like even the passing was really sloppy. The control was really off. Um, you know, I saw a few, you know, I think Jones probably grew into the game a little bit. I wouldn't say, you know, I, I felt like I personally, I felt like I was probably slightly, I mean, this game was in two halves. I'm going to talk about the first half because that's the notes that I've got up right now, but. For me, it felt like the youngsters, um, certainly Jones, um, I was probably more impressed with this off-ball movement um, uh, with what he was doing in terms of the cover that he was trying to produce on the left-hand side. But as a whole, I felt like the Reds started off really slow. I felt like they, you know, weren't really, um, uh, you know, they didn't come out with that front foot, with that aggression. That And I guess in hindsight, it's, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I guess that was to be expected given the fact that there were so many changes and there was maybe a lack of familiarity. But for me, the like the fact that we couldn't like string passes together and we just did not look cutthroat like for me that's this indication of the writing on the wall of how this result and performance is going to go no i mean i i I don't think there's anything to argue with it right like as much as i like curtis parts of curtis jones's performance today um i think that having a press resistant midfielder who takes care of the ball and is hard to dispossess is a useful thing to have away from home He's not going to create chances for you. That's not his game. He doesn't really know when to release the ball. He's not really much also particularly of a ball possessor. But at least he, he kept, like, it, it's, it's fawning praise when the best thing you're doing is praising a guy for keeping you out of trouble away to Nottingham Forest, which is what he did with his play, which is less than you can say for some, for some others, like uh, Joe Gomez in particular. But we didn't have any creativity. We don't have Tiago and you don't have Trent Alexander-Arnold, I don't know who on this particular side can pick a pass. James Milner probably can't, not anymore, right? He has, he's got probably your, he's probably your next most creative passer in that team, and I think that's pretty damning as far as what you've set up with to create chances. Um, it's very obvious, though, how we were going to how we were going to hurt them, which was going to be we were just going to score in a set piece, and we had multiple opportunities to do so, but we didn't bury them. Um, and we kept getting ourselves set pieces. Like, that was going to be our way through, right? It was just going to have to try to be, and it wasn't, a grind out three points and just assert, you know, that man for man, you're better than them. And when you don't, that's what, that's what you are reduced to when you don't create creativity, creativity any place on the side and any place to actually play the ball into Bobby and or Mo where they can do something creative because they were just isolated and there was no surface for them. Yeah, they really were. But the front men were really, really isolated. And Lisa, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on the start because for me, it just felt a bit off. I mean, there was maybe a moment where I thought, oh, maybe things do click. And it is the two youngsters that you mentioned in the lineup that you were quite surprised to see. Ellie, I, I felt like, obviously we'll talk about players in general, but I felt like Elliot was probably one of our better youngsters that played today, in my opinion, in terms of his on-the-ball, certainly in the first half. I felt like, you know, he looked a bit leggy and tired in the first half. But in terms in the creative sense, I felt like if anything was going to come, it was going to be from Elliot. And I remember around about, I think it was about just past eight minutes, I think it was about 8.30, um, Elliot um, uh, puts in the ball, to a lovely ball in to um, Cavalier, finds him, you know, just crosses it in. Cavalier, he had a lovely touch, but um, uh, his first touch was lovely, but then, 
it basically came to nothing. But I felt like maybe there was a click that was going to happen in those moments. And I felt like Elliot was probably one of the better ones. And from the creative sense, I mean, it's mad the, to think that everything was actually happening on the right-hand side. That's what I noticed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yes, I agree. We started slow. In fact, I have that as my very first note is a slow start. And I don't know, it was probably two, three minutes in. I'm like, like, are we a ball out of our half? Because there was a lot of the passing back and forth, you know, and I'm like, okay, I know they've got kind of a, you know, a very defensive block on us and it's it's going to be difficult for us today to break through that. But, you know, can we at least try? Um, but yeah, you're right. And I had that exact same note at just after eight minutes about I had nice ball from Elliot to Carvalho and, and, and exact same thought as you need. I thought, okay, just taking a minute to kind of get into the game. This is a different group playing together. So, you know, maybe that's smart to just take, you know, that couple of minutes to, to find the rhythm and, you know, and connect with the, we, you know, hit the ground running. Um, so I, you know, I was a little concerned initially, but then I thought, okay, maybe, maybe it's clicking into place. And, um, you know, so there were some good things there, you know, in the opening few minutes, but, but we just couldn't seem to, you know, as both you and Justin alluded, we, we didn't have the creativity on the field and, um, you know, that was quickly becoming painfully obvious. Although I agree, you know, I think Elliot, you know, did a lot of nice work down that right side, you know, either, you know, getting it forward and even across the field and in various times and places. So, you know, he was attempting to try to make something happen. Um, but we just couldn't pass the ball today. Today was another one of those days where, you know, we just couldn't seem to get the passes into the right players, into the right spots to, to be able to, to move it forward. It felt like we were, you know, chasing the yeah, I, I get that. It was really, really frustrating. And Justin, I'm going to come back to you because, you know, one thing that you kind of touched on and both of you have kind of said that, you know, we can't, the passing wasn't awfully great. Um, the front men looked very much isolated. One thing that I kind of noticed was um, obviously Forrest on the, obviously the one today, but they came into this game on the back of a, an impressive away um, draw against Brighton, actually, you know, like they fought for it, you know, they, they defended. So, you know, they came into this game with very much a lot of confidence. And, one thing I kind of noticed was, um, uh, and, and I sensed this as well, that they were quite happy for us to have the ball, which we did have a lot of the ball, but they were just quite happy for us to have it and they were just going to set up in a defensive shape and become very frustrating to kind of play against. Two banks of four. I expect nothing less from a newly promoted side. What was really frustrating for me, and you both touched on it, and it was probably largely down to the team selection, was the fact that there was nobody to break the lines, nobody to spread out play, nobody to run at their fullbacks, you know, th those kind of things. And I felt like that was what was really, really lacking. Um, and it was kind of making it, you know, it was kind of making more hard work of what it needed to be. You know, in this game, and I'm not just saying this because we love Thiago, but just we just needed somebody to break them lines and there was nobody to do that. And of course, Trent wasn't there as well. Yeah, I mean, Trent's not there, Thiago's not there. Even at that point, Henderson's not there, right? He's at least someone who can at least move the ball quickly when you, you know, when, when you're playing against a team that's sitting in against you, right? That, those, are your, those are three guys who can get a lot of touches and keep the ball moving. We didn't have anybody who did that. Now, the other thing is, if you look at the positions that Carvalho and Elliot took up. Harvey did 
keep natural wit kept wit when trying to receive the ball. But Carvalho did the thing where he dropped deeper to come kind of try to find the ball. Um, ended up crowding space instead of trying to keep high and wide. And that probably didn't work. Right? Because the only way we were going to actually get beyond them, it seemed, would be basically getting Robertson on the overlap. And we, we, we were physically incapable of getting to that tactic because we couldn't find Carvalho in the spaces where he could turn, run, and have the option either cut in or hit, or hit Robertson overlapping. Like, we couldn't find him with the ball, and then we couldn't bring Robertson into the that was that's basically like one of the big tactical flaws that created that prevented our ability to create any sort of cutbacks or balls in the final third and open play. We we couldn't advance in the positions that were now we did have a few nice moments like Elliot finding Carvalho where Carvalho tried to nutmeg Henderson. That was nice. Yep. But yep. just too few and far between from open play. Like we, we just could not create anything. No, we absolutely couldn't. Nigel in here in the chat saying Forrest had zero shots on goal against Brighton. Yep, that is very true. Yet they had seven shots on goal against those. And largely down to them hitting us on the counter as well and us making tough work for ourselves and just not having the right cover. I'm going to come back to you, Lisa. I mean, what, what did you make of them? Uh, that is exactly how I expect a newly promoted side to set up against us. We call it parking the bus, whatever you want to call it. But that was exactly how I expect them to set up. And, you know, something that I kind of noticed as well, the striker they had on who actually scored the goal, um, he was threatening against West Ham, with the, which was the last game that they won. So we already knew that they were going to have some physical being who's just going to be an absolute nightmare. But, you know, I want to get your thoughts on, on the four, you know, the two banks of four and how frustrating that was. And also the lack of inactivity on the left-hand side, because I kind of noticed that Robertson, you know, he had this like, um, I don't, there was like a lack of um, cohesion between him and Cavalli. And that's probably largely down to the fact that they've not played together. But, you know, you see Robertson looking very comfortable with um, Diaz. He was very comfortable when Mane was there. But this time around, the left-hand side, there wasn't much going on. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, inside, well, and, you know, all right, sorry, let me try again and form a coherent thought. Um, agreed. <laughs> yes, there was not a lot going on on the left-hand side. And I think, you know, some of it can be put down to the fact that, you know, I mean, Robertson's only just come back into the team, you know, this week as well, you know, in the last week. Um, so, and yeah, you, I mean, so you have him, Jones and, and Carvalho who, you know, that's not really where, He's been playing a lot either. So, so you have a lot, you have three players kind of on that left side that haven't, you know, played together, um, as a unit. So, so there's going to be some expected, you know, miscommunication, if you will. Um, because we were starting to see before Diaz's, um, injury some good, you know, give and go with him and, and whoever he was playing with on that left side. Um, you know, and, and of course, Robertson and Mane had a, you know, had a wonderful understanding that they had built over the years. So, I mean, I think some of that is, is understandable that, you know, people are, are so used to being able to, to see that play on the left side. And, and you do need to kind of take a step back. And this isn't an excuse. It's just kind of an understanding that you need to take that step back and understand that these aren't the same players who have been playing together on the left side and you know they it, it takes time sort of for those relationships and understandings to develop and, and 
you know, but you're right. We just couldn't seem to get the ball, you know, be it Robertson or whomever to Carvalho to be able to kind of come in and, you know, and try to do something with it. So, yeah, but that deep defense block from Forrest was exactly what you expected them to do. I mean, I'm no tactician, but, you know, it didn't surprise me at all that that they set up very defensively and um, and it worked for them. It really did. And, uh, you know, we, we speak about games, Justin, and, you know, the midfield and, you know, their, their player, Kriate, for me, pretty much ran the show for them. And we made it very, very, very easy in the sense that um, I don't think, you know, we, we will sit here and people on social media will stick it to our youngsters who came in in this game. But like, I want to kind of like just say like some senior players need to hang their heads in shame because I was absolutely like, I don't know what is going on with Fabinho. Uh, you know, I don't think he's been overly great. Um, I don't think he was good when he came on as a sub. I liked him against Man City. I can't lie. I think he's probably up for the occasion. But today he was absolutely dreadful and woeful. And, the, you know, the guy that was running things was Kiate. I mean, surprised that he actually stayed on the pitch. I'm not going to lie. He had a few nasty ones on, on Elliot and he could have easily been off. But um, I want to get your thoughts on just, um, you know, the, the, the midfield battle. Oh, we, we lost it. That, that, that's the answer in the midfield battle. We, we, we did not uh, participate in it particularly well. Like, it's like the same thing. I thought like Curtis Jones had a the type of performance that, you know, he had like the Ginny-esque performance of keeping a ball and, and, and not creating trouble for us. But Fab really wasn't putting up fires. He looks really easy to out-muscle right now, which is not something that we're used to seeing. And he just he seems to step... past him. I've seen players just go past him. And I'm go like, past what? him. Just, you can just shove him out of the way like he's not there at the moment. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's losing every physical battle. And it just feels like all the... The bite and snarl has come out of his game. Um, at some point, we have to reckon with the fact that everything that's happening with Fabinho's inability to play at the moment, it, it's not just there's one player destabilizing the midfield. It's that probably all of our midfielders, save Thiago, are limited beyond their usefulness at the moment. Yeah, it's massively concerning. It's massively concerning. And you spoke about uh, Fabinho then. A few people have commented saying he was a ghost today. And, you know, Fabinho looks like a shadow himself on Halloween settings. You know, so there are some comments there about Fabinho and his performance. And and for me, I just kind of remembered, like, obviously, he was, like, we've said he's being bypassed, um, Lisa. But I remember an instance in the second half where we were already 1-0 down and we were chasing the game. I think there's about five minutes left. And player just t- half turns him and he just puts his hands up and lets him go and they just go on a counter and if Alisson doesn't make a monster save it's game over like properly game over at that moment but you don't expect that and this is like the the concern I don't know what is going on with the players you can look at the youngsters and say oh he had a bad game and he had a terrible game and social media would be full of those kind of narratives but what were the senior players doing exactly Exactly. First of all, I would just like to take a moment to say, God bless Allison Becker, and thank God we have him, because can you imagine if we didn't? Um, yeah, I mean, Fabino, I I don't know what's going on with him. Bless his heart, as as we say down here in the South. It, it it's it's very strange, and you know, it, you know, I don't have an explanation or or even one to 
offer as you know as a as a possible reason it's it's just it's definitely a problem for us i mean you know it it's not that long ago that he was being referred to as you know the lighthouse and the colossus and you could always end on him to stick one of those long lanky legs in to you know to, to stop somebody from getting forward with the ball and, and everything else. And we just, we, I, I don't know. I mean, so that's obviously one of, you know, our senior player issues at the moment is that it's, it's just not happening for him. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know there's been some, some that have said, you know, maybe he's carrying some sort of knock and he's just needing to play through it because, because of you know the lack of personnel or or what, but it's it's very worrying. Allow me to. There's be, no way we're getting. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm just saying, allow me to be allegorical for one moment. The lighthouse is trapped in the fog, and the ship has hit the rocks. <laughs> well said. Very very nice. <laughs> it is, but I mean, why? You know, that's that's the thing that's just so weird. Is is why? Um, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, we could sit here and woulda, coulda, shoulda for, for a while on that, and it's not going to get us anywhere. So, so yes, absolutely, Vino's current form is is a huge, huge issue for us. I mean, we've been saying that for a couple weeks, but it's just, it's becoming even more so. Um, you know, Mo didn't seem himself today, and I, and I, nope. I don't know why, because um, obviously he, you know, he had a couple of really nice games here, you know, in the, in the last, you know, in the last few runs, so... Yeah, but he just didn't. He didn't seem quite him, quite himself either. And I, and I wasn't awake enough beginning to try to, you know, figure out what might have led to that as as the game went forward. So, yeah, there there does seem. I mean, I think again, considering youngsters, you know, are being asked to do an awful lot. And I think no, they're not fantastic nine entrances, but they're holding their own considering um see i'm trying to be a little more positive folks you know i mean keep in mind jones has barely played and you know no he wasn't fantastic but he was you know i think he can hold his head up in the performance that he that he put out today which you know compared to some others is is not necessarily the case and you know i don't even remember what your your question was at this point in time. I've rambled on for so long. Okay, everyone, just want to just just speak in mind. I mean, I don't even have any coherent thoughts on this podcast. Thought. I don't know. Yeah, just, I mean, just, if we're going to also talk about senior players who we expect more out of, there you go. That some, was it. <laughs> at some point, with the opportunities he has today, Virgil Van Dyke has to score a goal. Yes, and he certainly had the opportunities, but it was not going in the net, was it? I mean, in the first half, I think that kind of summarised it quite well, didn't it? When he had that header and obviously he was even looking at goal. I think he was trying to square it to Bobby. And, you know, I think Bobby was off it today as well. We're talking about Mosley. I think Bobby was off it. And now I'm really, really seething at his chance. It's, you know, his header that he missed on like nine minutes. Well, he pretty much could have scored a goal. And it's just that clinical cut edge, which sets the tone for the game, sets the tone for the performance you put in and what it does to your opposition. You know, like they would have cowered, and I just felt like those misses and those half-assed opportunities just allowed, allowed um, um, Nottingham Forest to grow into this game and grow with some confidence. But yeah, there was loads of chances, and you, you're absolutely spot on because 
Justin, um, you know, Virgil van Dijk had some really, really glorious opportunities. And, you know, some of the chances obviously became more and more better in the second half when Trent's deliveries improved. But, yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, you expect the senior players to kind of do a little bit better. I mean, what did you make of, like, I don't know, James Milner? Because I wasn't... I, I guess that I, what I want to say was um, I wasn't too surprised that he played him, given the fact that, you know, he's got to manage everyone's minutes and injuries. And the setup was exactly how it was for Man City. So he probably thought, well, Elliot will do some of his running in a defensive sense. And I've got Joe Gomez next to him. So it might be a much of a muchness. But that maybe he was probably chipping in more. James Milner was fine today. Like, he was fine. He, he's... James Milner gave you what James Milner can give you at his very best at this age, which is a performance that will not kill you against a bad team. <clears throat> like, he didn't do anything that made us any better. Mm. But he didn't make us any worse, right? Just like, and he didn't I mean, do anything to hurt us. Yeah. I mean, and that's the kind of game we're talking about here. We were bad. So the only things that you can really talk about are who are the, play- or who are the players who made us more bad and who are the players who made us less bad. James Milner didn't do anything that made us more bad today. But he didn't really do any... Like, he, there's nothing he can do to raise our level beyond a certain point because he's a 37-year-old James Milner. Like, that, that's the game he had. He, di- he didn't make us any worse. No, he really didn't. I mean, what, what did you make... Um... What did you make of his performance, um, uh, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I, flat today. yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, he again, and also he's he's playing like what his third game this this week, you know, within the last week. So that's asking a lot for him at this point in his career. But you know, I agree with Justin; he didn't make us any worse. No, he didn't elevate anything, but but he held the line, if you will, and. You know, put got in, a massive block as well, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. On, Another one of those. I mean, it's right. Yeah. 57 right. minutes. He start. He didn't start West Ham. He came in. But but again, the third game he's played, you know, this week, you know, and he played, you know, he put in that. We can't expect him to put in a performance like he did for Man City every game. You know, hey, he he stepped up and put in that Man City performance for us. And, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, we don't really need to ask much more of him for the rest of the season other than, than performances like he put in today. It was a, you know, it was, it was fine. And I don't mean that in a, you know, in a um, dismissive kind of way. It was what was needed. It's just unfortunate that not everybody else gave us what was needed today. Oh, absolutely. Um, I could not agree more. And um, I think I've got a comment here, which I will read. And I think it is from Nigel. I said five minutes into the game that we were not up for it. Um, uh, We're not up for it. The team looked like they were in first gear and never got out of first gear. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, Nigel. Yeah. it, it's also it's also tough to get out of first gear when you have eight changes. Everybody's hurt. Your players that you're playing are either overplayed or out of position. Right? Um, there, there's a chain reaction to having a large injury crisis. There's a chain reaction to having a, a squad that's probably not fit for purpose. Like the you know those of us who before the season thought that the squad was capable of challenging for things were very clearly wrong. I was one of them. Like the squad is. The squad's insufficient, and 
when you have injuries to an insufficient squad and you have tactics that you're really unclear on, it's you're going to have games like this. It's just going to happen because, quite frankly, we're a mid-table team. We're pretty mediocre. We can raise our level like we did against City, but we can also we're also capable of this. The problem is the consistency of performance is what suffers when you're just not that good. And do you want to know something as well? I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, we're speaking about Salah and being off it. And I don't, I don't think, you know, he was very much involved in anything, but he did give me a scare because I felt like we might have lost another striker today. Um, when it looked like he pulled, like, I'll be honest with you, like, when it looked like he pulled something, um, muscular. And I was just like, I, we cannot lose another striker, you know? And that was like quite a scary moment. Um, it looked like he was okay, but we'll, we'll see what Klopp says post, um, Obviously, we've not had any post-match um, uh, interviews that we can uh, take anything from because we've jumped straight onto here. But, I mean, that was a scary moment for me in the first half. But, yeah, both of them two, they just, there wasn't any service or supply for them. That box was too occupied. There was just nothing happening. Um, uh, you know, we had a few chances. We, you know, we like Justin said, we kind of failed to take them. But first half, I thought, you know what, it can't, I'm sure Klopp will give him a telling off. Um, is there any highlights that you want to kind of mention from the first half before we move on to the second? Because I think that's where, you know, we'll be talking. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Anything from the first half, guys? I'm just looking over my notes. You know, things like Virgil should have scored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Virgil should have scored. We got Mo exactly one shot on target. Um, they created one half chance. And otherwise, it was... The other thing about this game was just, it was a tedious watch. It was very boring. Yes, 20 yeah. minutes had gone, and I was like, it feels like I've been sat here for an hour. Yeah. That's like 45 minutes can seem like a long time, and it can seem like a short time. That first 45 minutes felt like an eternity. Agreed. It did. How many seasons changed for you, Lisa, watching that first half? <laughs> you know, I, I just. Kept glancing to see if the sun was fully up yet, and it was by the end of the first half. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe my time would have been better spent watching the sunrise. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a very tedious watch, you know. And just for a number of reasons, just we, you know, we just couldn't seem to click into the gated. And I was really hoping that you know halftime would make the difference and we could come out better in the second half. Certainly, and. We came out in the second half and I felt like, you know, James Milner was trying to put in a shift on, on 
on the right hand side and um I think there was a free kick around about 51 minutes um Milner takes it Salah's in space to take the shot but he kind of leaves the ball and lets it go back for Cavalier to take a shot who fires wide but it was those kind of moments where I, Salah was in those moments kind of finding space Justin but you know it's those kind of moments that you think oh you know like people are not thinking the heads are on like the concentration isn't there and that's what was kind of frustrating for me yeah I mean that was just frustrating for me too. Um, this team has the hallmark, of, all the hallmarks of a bad side, which is that they manage to make every single situation worse for themselves. Yes. Like Joe Gomez. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're not going to go yeah. there yet. But I just wanted to start on how Liverpool kind of did start on the front foot, right? And that that was a frustrating thing. I mean, we had seventy two percent of the ball, but mm-hmm. it's like sterile possession at this point. It was side was right. passing in the midfield. That's what it was. Yeah, it's sterile possession. Just let our center backs pass and just hope that they make a mistake. Seems to be a tactic that you can do and execute against us. Like we we're tactically naive. We have our, our midfielders get caught on the wrong side of the ball all the time. And but I mean that didn't really happen too much in the first half because they didn't really hit us on the break much. It's just they just took our best punch and knew that we just couldn't actually move the ball between the lines. Like we didn't, we had some chances in the first half that we didn't take and they, you know, that, that managed the longer it held to nil, nil, the better, the happier they were going to be. Absolutely. They were certainly going to be happy. And you know what, Justin, because you want to go there, let's go there. Cause within moments, I think it's three minutes after it's around about 54 minutes. I've clocked it here. You know, I have no, I mean, I have no idea what Joe Gomez is doing here at the moment. You know, like, he knows how close, um, one he is, you know, near him and he just, you know, like, goes past him and then he has to do a tactical foul, which I completely get. And then it results, you know, pretty brainless by Joe Gomez, you know, you know, on the senior place, considering he had a very, very decent game against Against Man City, and you know, I thought for most parts it was really good against West Ham, bar of course, you know, conceding the penalty. But don't put yourselves in that kind of pressure because that guy is physically strong and he skinned him. And then obviously, you bring it back for the foul, and that's where the goal comes from. Yeah, you, you don't want to give a team that's not creating much um, opportunities and belief, and that's what that foul did once. Forrest got that got that free kick and actually scored it. They were all over us. They knew we were there for the taking. That gave them belief. Now, as far as Gomez goes, beyond that, I thought he was pretty poor in the first half as well because he's passing the ball to their team a lot. He's trying to break lines from deep and just passing the ball right to them. You don't need to do that if you don't have if the pass is not on and you're a center back. You don't have to make it. Just keep keep shuffling it. See if you can move. See if he can move their players. Like he's for, he was forcing some awful passes into bad situations. And he fast. seemed hurried. Go on. Yeah, he seemed hurried with the ball at all times. Like you can't shoot the ball like a stick of dynamite or a live grenade. You have to know what you're going to do with it. And he he didn't. He was basically just, oh, I have this. Move it on to some other. Like it's like he's passing to areas rather than men, and that doesn't work. 
No, it doesn't work. And you know what, um, uh, Lisa, Justin just said something that we were trying to force things and we were trying to do something, which is the stark opposite of what we did against Man City in the first half. We controlled it. There wasn't a pass on. We were just keeping the ball, holding it, containing the threat that Man City are. And when there was a pass on, then we would play it, which instantly is a stark opposite of a winning result and a losing result and performance. And I want to get your thoughts on and the whole Joe Gomez conundrum and the goal as well. I mean, like the way it was scored, it kind of ricocheted off the post. And then where was the defending? You know, the fact that he managed to have a second bite at the cherry, if you will. I mean, the simple stuff had just gone out the window. Everything that we kind of worked hard for, the simple stuff that was so easy for us last season and prior to that. Yeah, and, and just to, to kind of go back over a couple notes I had at the beginning of the second half, um, you know, we were playing the way Forrest wanted us to play. You know, we were playing into their game plan, and, you know, we needed to change that. And and it, it looked at first like maybe we were going to. You know, we, we did start off brighter in the second half, and so I thought, okay, okay, this is, this is good. This is looking better. Um, but it didn't last long. Um, and, yeah, Joe, I mean... Again, bless his heart. Um, I mean, I think he made that, you know, initial tackle that got the yellow card was he was he was trying to stop whatever the forest player was from, you know, from getting past and getting through. And, you know, okay, you know, my initial thought was like, all right, you're you're kinda taking one for the team there, fine. Um, but after that it was it was it was just a trap. It was. I mean, you know, as Justin was saying, you know, it was like he was just trying to get rid of the ball, you know, like he was, he was afraid of what would happen if he, if he held onto it for, for that additional, you know, one or two seconds to make a better pass. And it's, you know, I mean, on one hand, and again, I'm I'm going to try to be nice here for a second. I mean, again, how much football has he played? How much soccer has he played um, in the last couple of years? And, you know, some of that game awareness, is something that he kind of has to come back to. I mean, he did. He had a great game for Man City. Um, but, and I kind of thought, okay, you know, kind of getting back into his groove here, but it hasn't looked very good since then. I mean, West Ham wasn't all bad. He gave away the penalty, but, you know, it was kind of a, a 50-50 performance. But, but yeah, today it was just, he wasn't making good passes. He wasn't making good decisions. And, and it seemed like, it just built as the as the game went on, like you know it. And I don't know if you know you you just have to think that it was something almost mentally that was going on with him there. That you know he he looked he just didn't look calm and composed. He looked more nervous and panicked. Yeah, somebody's just put something in the chat here. Um, the Mauritian one, um, James um, James Pierce tweet: Liverpool away from home in the Premier League this season have played five, won zero, drawn two, and lost three. Uh, gags there. Uh, another reason why I didn't expect much this season. Um, yeah, it's all it's all going horribly wrong. I've got a comment here from Righty. Um, if anyone, if any of one of you two want to respond, love Klopp, but he has overworked the players, and now they are breaking. It's like a wee rebellion, like I'm not going to kill myself for Klopp anymore. And even more so as the World Cup is coming. Have no club doctor. Having no club doctor can't also help. I mean, what do you make of that? Because I think the I think the, I spoke to John Harding when Jurgen Klopp did come to Liverpool. And he goes, be, and he said it on the podcast, you can go back and listen to it when the Klopp was announced. He is going to break your players because he demands so much from them. So I guess, you know, the problem here is, you know, 
the keeping it fresh. But um, have you two got a response to that? Yeah, these players look broken. We agree, they're broken. They look broken. I mean, we spoke about Fabinho a few minutes ago. The man's running around like he's carrying the piano. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I, I would say as far as with the World Cup coming, there's been some comment and, if you will, criticism, especially about Virgil on that that he seems to be sort of holding back just a little bit because he doesn't, you know, he missed the Euros because of his injury and, you know, he doesn't want to chance missing the World Cup. You know, I, you know, yeah, I mean, understandable a little bit, but, but not helping us at the moment, if you will. Yeah, they do. They all seem, they seem, I don't want to get, you know, to psych, you know, try to get into the psychology of it all because I'm qualified for that <laughs> minefield podcast people um it, but they do seem the fatigue seems as much mental as it does physical at this point I think yes and I think you know just by you know some of the movement from the forwards as well and you know the the Virgil van Dijk you know header where you know obviously he was even looking at goalie to try and play Firmino and Firmino they anticipate it and then you know Salah with um, the Milner free kick and you know finding space but leaving it for somebody behind him when does Mo Salah ever do that you know just think about that for a minute you know like Salah will eat that up all day every day and try getting himself into a position to get that ball but yeah I do agree with you and of course what Joe Gomez did as well, thinking he had all the time in the world. My only concern about the, this whole World Cup is I think we can all agree that it has come at the worst possible time mid-season. It's so disruptive. Second thing about players not giving their all is it's a bit problematic because, you know, like it could potentially affect your, you know, your your inclusion. I don't think it'll affect people at Virgil van Dijk because he will get picked. But, you know, like maybe some other players, I think I heard on AI Scouted, Dave and Carl talk about Fabinho and how stinking yes. he is. And the fact that they think that he's not even like dead set guaranteed to get a position. So why the fuck is he farting around? I don't you should be playing out your skin. I don't think it's a lack of effort. Like, that's the thing. I don't think these guys have the gas and the tank to put in the, to, like, to do what they need to. I don't think this is a question of effort. I don't think these guys or want to play badly or be or, th- or want to go into or protecting themselves to have, to have good form into the World Cup. I think they played a lot of football with not a much rest. Like, I, I think, I, I don't think it's anything like Klopp's lost the dressing room, right? Yeah. I think that we're just out of gas. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so as well, because that, that comment about I'm not going to run myself for your Klopp anymore is basically saying, like, you, like, like you just said, He's lost a dressing room and the players are playing for him to get sacked, which I don't think they want. No. I don't think any of them want that. Like, regardless of what's happening, we haven't really, outside, you know, a few early season, like, dust-ups between, you know, Milner and Van Dyke and Henderson and Van Dyke. we haven't really seen this team actually fracture, like, where it seems like they actively have, like, deep, deep, deep inside-the-squad issues, right? Now... Like with each other, they these seem to be a reasonably together group, and they seem to want to try for the manager. The issue is is that they're just probably out of gas, and the manager probably uh, and the way in which they manage the squad isn't good, right? So when all the players who like because we have refreshed some critical players and have some youth in certain spots, those players all happen to be injured right now. 
But Darwin Nunez, Ibu Konate, Diogo Jota, Trent Alexander-Arnold, these guys are all still young. They can all perform for a while. They still have years of output that they can give us going towards their peaks. But it's just we have too many guys who are also on the other side of 30 that are the ones who are actually healthy, who are underperforming their, you know, underperforming their potential. Like, Fabinho right now should be at peak eight. Is the question, is, did he just peak too early and this is his level? Or is it just that he needs a serious rest and reset because he's just played too much football over the last few years and he's just simply, you know, needs to recharge the tank? I think it's probably the latter, but it needs to be found out because the way he's playing right now is not a guy who's going to help you win games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Fabinho to me looks like he's aged about 20 years um, from last season. Um, you know, in his legs, he just looks so slow and passive. I don't like that at all. Um, I mean, straight after that goal, because we, we did go on a bit of a tangent and we responded to comments, you know, Millie puts in that massive block, but Klopp makes a sub um, uh, pretty much straight away after. It was like a response, 61 minutes, brings on Trent and Hendo. On for Cavalio and Milner. I mean, what did you make of that, Lisa? Because I felt like, you know, it made sense. It felt like there needed to be another controller alongside Fabinho there. Um, I felt like, you know, move moving Jones a bit more further out on the left might be helpful. And bringing Trent in just to kind of deal with um, bringing some creativity and some width. And maybe he could unlock something in the attack. And, um, you know... Maybe force a bit of movement from our forward men because they look very static because nothing was coming their way as well. Yeah, I I, I was okay that that Klopp made. Um, you know, definitely Trent on for Milner. I mean, I really think maybe Trent. It does feel as though we're managing his minutes a little bit right now, coming off of that ankle yeah. injury. Which, and again, so far it is it's worked out fine. So, so yeah, Trent. I was hoping was going to bring that bit of creativity that we were sorely lacking and, and would help there. Um, and, you know, Henderson on for Carvalho. I, yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. I mean, again, considering the options that Klopp had off the bench, I, I think these probably were um, the best substitutions that could be made at this time. Um, and yeah, and hopefully, yeah, Henderson, a bit more control, you know, Jones, maybe a little bit, you know, forward and out on the left. So, so, I mean, I think, Again, considering what was available, that they were, you know, I was okay with the changes. Um, I, I think they were the right ones at this point. Fortunately, they didn't seem to help all that much, but, you know, what are you going to do? I actually wish they had come earlier. That, that, that's it. I think those are the changes yeah. I would have made, too, because that's really all you have. I just wish they would have come earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, because I felt like, of course, you know, Hendel would have helped show up that uh, midfield because I think we can all agree we were losing that battle. But Justin, you, you said that you wish they came in earlier and around about 62 minutes, Trent there with a teasing corner and, you know, Firmino failed to connect. You know, so instantly you could see what he could bring. Yeah, and I mean, the issue is we're not creating enough to score. Like, you make that change at halftime. It's not a reflection on Milner or Carvalho to take them off there. You need something else. Waiting till 60 and you're down 1-0 when you've introduced them, you're putting them into a completely different game state. And the game state yeah. we needed to put them into was one where they could influence us taking a lead rather than coming in trying to rescue a point against a team that now has no incentive to offer anything at you. 
That's a really interesting point you make, Justin, because you kind of spoke about physical fatigue, you and Lisa, and mental fatigue. Imagine the mental strain it must have to come off the bench thinking, oh gosh, we're a goal down again, I have to do something. The weight of that constantly. Oh yeah, that's true. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it is. It's like, oh great, I have to come in and try to rescue this again. Yeah, it, it, it's... get me on the minefield podcast. People know what am I saying? No, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a completely, it, it's a very completely different thing to think. Okay, my responsibility now is to try to go in here and like let's take control of this game and win it. There's at least some form of optimism into what you're coming into. You're coming into something where it's like we have to score a goal to just get back on level terms against a side that we should be putting to the sword. Your the way in which you play becomes completely different. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I completely agree. I and mean, it must be so mentally exhausting. I can't even imagine like, the amount of times that the Reds have to come from behind. Um, keep talking to me, Lisa, because, you know, I felt like Trent was, you know, involved in a few things. Um, I felt like, you know, he was trying to put in stuff. I, we also saw some, some changes made um, from Nottingham Forest as well. Um, you know, there. Their threat, um, uh, Awani came off. I think Lingard came on. They bought on Johnson, who they always kind of have been recently been playing, and their captain came on. But again, you know, um, uh, the hit was on the counter attack again, ran about 68 minutes, and it was Kayate, um, to, uh, to actually the, the new sub Johnson, and Ali produces a massive save. So, you know, we're talking about the bad big performers. You touched on this. Can we give another shout out to Alison Becker yet again? Because if it wasn't for him, I think we'd, we'd be so low in that table. We'd be playing the championship. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm also going to confess that I don't have really any notes from about 70 on because I was just pacing. And cussing. Yes. And I, anyway. Yes. Um, so we're going to be understandable. Off, we're going to be going off of memory at this point in time. Um, yeah, I mean, we had possession. I mean, this is the last note I had, by the way. Need a goal. Um, you know, <laughs> that, that, that was it. To the point. Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, it was. And all they needed to do, all Forrest needed to do, is hold on. You know, I mean that that you know that defensive block and the way they were set up that we talked about in the first half. That's all they needed to do was to keep that to winning, and um, and they did. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were there were there were plenty of chances, plenty of chances. I mean, I don't know how many corners we had. I'm you know I'm sure it's out there as a stat somewhere, but we had a lot of them, and and we just couldn't make it happen it was just it was so frustrating i mean i i i I was just frustrated i can't even i can't even string sentences together um you know i mean jones had kind of a good chance of course unfortunately it was it was right to dean henderson to save um so you know but but at least it was an effort um and and you know when Alex Oxlade Chamberlain came on for, for Bobby Firmino. I mean, my first thought was, oh, okay. Well, but again, back to what we've said about Curtis Jones and some of the others, this is the first game Ox has played all season, I believe. Um, so I don't know that that felt like a little bit of a Hail Mary, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, that was, that was what we needed at this point in time was, was the Hail Mary pass. And we, we just couldn't, we just couldn't make it happen. I mean, it is sad 
that just shows how what we've come to that I was just like we just just a draw just get us the point just get us the goal get us the point and and we'll move forward from here and we couldn't even make that happen no we absolutely couldn't and just to answer your question there um uh, Lisa Liverpool had 11 corners to their two yeah. so yeah we we a had lot. plenty it was of- a lot yeah, yeah. So you were absolutely spot on there. And um, I'm going to come to you, um, Justin, because Lisa touched on the Ox sub there. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was so deflated at that point that it was like the Arto Melo um, inclusion against Napoli where I, it just completely bypassed me. Because it just felt like it, th- that sub just felt like just throwing another body on for the sake of it. Um, I felt like there was no tactics it was almost like well who's a senior player that can throw off on the bench and yeah Ox warm up that's what it felt like to me yeah I don't know what Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain offers you at this point um yeah in particular an Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who hasn't played in months like he really today was his first actual game time for us in, in a game that mattered since March of last year um he's a player who probably shouldn't have been at the club at the start of last season. He's still at the club now. Uh, he's not going to play much. He's taking up room on the wage bill. It's just another, the fact that he's there is just another sign of mismanagement of the midfield situation. And um, it didn't work out. He's probably going to play a few more times uh, for us before November. We have our injury crisis. I wish him good luck, but expect very little. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 at this moment, I don't know what he offers as well. Um, uh, I just feel like he's just had too many injuries that I can't even invest in him as, as a player or what he'll do. And yeah, he had, he had some decent minutes today, but again, you know, being thrown in in that situation on, on a, you know, on, on the losing side of things, you know, you're not going to get the most inspirational kind of performance from him, you know? Um, I so, mean, yeah. did, he, did, he, did he do anything? Did, is there anything that you saw Ox do no, that, nothing that you thought was remotely noteworthy? Well, I, 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 now I, feel, that. I don't even remember really I, noticing I've got no notes coming onto the field. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, no notes on him. I've got no notes on him. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna look at. Uh, you know, I'm gonna look at his uh, his stats for a moment to tell you what he did. I I, I doubt there's very much uh, event info on him, but let's see what he did. He did not. He he received one pass. He did not have. He did not register a pass. He had. He attempted to cross a ball once, and it was incomplete. That's his entire oh dashboard of action. I've gone on footy mob and he played 14 minutes, zero goals, zero assists, accurate passes, zero, chances created, zero, shots, total shots, zero, fantasy point one. That's all I've got. He had a single, It's from what I can pick up here, it seems as if he had a single touch. Okay. In the chat, Nigel said he made one cross taken by keeper. Yeah, that's, he received the ball, crossed it, it was received by the keeper, 14 minutes, he had a single touch. That's not stamping your. That's not stamping any form of authority into the game. Yeah, that's all. It's, it's offering next to nothing. It's, it's practically a waste of sub, isn't it? Let's be honest. You might as well be um, at ten men down then, if that's the input that you're going to get. Um, I, 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 I might watch wonder, that and see. Off- you have Go to on. wonder if it would have been better to put on one of the young players who you know w- might be looking to make an impression. 
know, hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That are more hungry, you know, that might've just, you know, I don't know. There's nothing to sit here and, and say, say that, but yeah, but if that's the, the effort, if his effort was so, I don't know, minuscule seems harsh, but that we didn't even notice, <laughs> right? He just put in the chat, tacky would have been a good option. Absolutely. I miss tacky Minamino. Um, that, yeah, you put a young player on because what, what do you have to lose at this point in time? I mean, it, yeah. just, and they might, they might just, might just do something. Um, so anyway, but again, hindsight is, is always clearer. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing that Alex Lafley Chamberlain could do for you in that game that you could get out of Ben Doak, Bobby Clark, right? Um, yeah. The fact that we're at that point is the problem, right? Because we shouldn't be, these kids should be playing under 23 games at the moment. They should be worried about getting loans. The only young player that we have in our system right now who should be getting a look would be Tyler Morton if you could cancel his loan from Blackburn because of the fact that he's bossing the championship level. And I'm not even sure that that's fantastic at Blackburn from what I've seen. And and that's not even something I've really considered because you should really just buy players in January. But it's all going to come back to the same point for all these discussions about all these games, regardless of what happens for the next few months. This team is in dire need of some new blood in midfield and possibly in the forward line. Possibly at right back. We need players who can actually play productive minutes for us and do things so that if Trent is out of form or out of the lineup or Tiago is out of form or out of the lineup, that your level doesn't dip so much. You know, these injuries and everything, it just gives me the COVID season football vibes. Yeah, it's it's the chain reaction in back. Yeah, that's what it really, really reminds me of. And again, that was the aftermath of us winning the league. And this is probably the aftermath of, you know, Liverpool playing every competitive game possible because they made all the finals and also having a very, very small uh, pre-season as well. And obviously the World Cup as well, due to the World Cup. So that's what it feels like. I mean, let's quickly just summarise this as well, because, you know, Trent, you know, has a header, Henderson saves, and they're just growing, growing more into it. And at this point, like, my momentum's pretty much gone. 89 minutes, Trent Alexander free kick, Virgil van Dijk hooks it across face of goal. Nobody there. You know, Salah was trying to run in, but he was, he was, he wasn't going to make it. So, you know, Trent was, you know, there was some creativity coming. We should have put this game to bed. Trent was involved in all of it. And then VVD free header, um, you know, he was, he should have scored that. I mean, what did you guys make of that in injury time? It's a nice header. It's a, it's a really good save. Um, should, game shouldn't have been in doubt at this point. But we, I, 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 I'd given up hope of us winning the game at this point. I was hoping yeah, we'd yeah. still come into, still maybe come into a draw somehow. And, at least, you know, celebrate the, this is, you know, that we're tough to beat, right? But we're, we're not tough to beat anymore. So, yeah. Was, that, yeah. yeah, you were searching for the Adam Lallana moment, weren't you, against Norwich? I you mean, were I, searching, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you certainly were. Um, it was really, really bad. I think, Lisa, I want to get your thoughts on just the end and like when you kind of lost, uh, you know, thing. 
hope as well because that's really sad for me because at 80 I think it's 86 minutes I'd actually even given up on a point I was like they're not doing anything uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, I, I quit giving the last note I have is Oxon for me now. And I was just pacing in front of the television at this point in time, you know, hoping that we might eke out the draw. Um, and yeah, and that that hope just slipped away as as the minutes ticked on the clock because it, you know, I you know, here's where I kind of miss Sadio Mane. Because this is the game where he would have been dragging us across the line. Um, and, and we just... Even, heard, a Luis, even a Luis Diaz, you know. Yeah, or Luis Diaz. In there. We need dirty in there. Absolutely. And there was no, nothing... Yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and you know, it, but that is, we just didn't seem to have anybody with that kind of fire in the belly to, to just do every single thing they could to, to drag this across the line. And that's that's honestly been kind of the story of the season, is you're right. Luis Diaz has, um, I mean, I remember that from the Napoli game, that, you know, he seemed to be the only one who, who didn't give up. Um, and, you know, if it was just so yeah we there didn't there just wasn't anyone on the on the field that was was going to put forth and and I, you know I mean I think that ties back to what we've already talked about the the fatigue both physical and mental that they just don't have that extra gear to to kick up to to do that right now it's it's more hope and fingers crossed and pray that something will fall in Yeah, I mean, it's also right after it's it just, you know, things are kind of cool right now, too, because right after seeing Darwin Nunez show you what he could be for 50 minutes, yeah, he's unavailable for a game where he probably would have made a big difference in battle. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we didn't have that chaos factor today that both Diaz and yeah. Nunez can, can kind of bring. Yeah, and I think yeah. John, Buskell, John Buskell made a very, really good observation on on Darwin Nunes. He goes, where sometimes our players can be so guilty of like maybe taking too many chances or, or maybe too, too many touches and things. And then you've got Darwin Nunes who will just pull the trigger and just shoot. And he has loads of like glorious opportunities. And I think maybe that game kind of needed that, you know, like just some absolute loose cannon, just chaos in the box. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and you know what it is? It's like we're, it's, we're, what we're missing is. Nunez and Diaz, the game happens around them, right? The, the, like, that's what the thing about really great players. The game happens around them. And we aren't getting guys who, like, in today's game, the only person that we have that's capable of having the game happen around him is Salah. And when you only have one guy you can do that and you're isolating him up top, you become a lot easier to play against. And not even and, that, he's the only guy with the pace up top because we know Roberto Firmino doesn't have pace. So what does that naturally do? It makes the defenders work very, very easy to just kind of occupy one one pacey guy. As for, I think Nunes has a lot of pace. I think he brought the record, right? He, he's quick for somebody. So yeah, he, he, actually, is the cur- he is the current record holder of the land speed record in the Premier League. And I think Diaz really runs down that channel with some, you know, aggression. And you instantly are now like demoted to just one fast guy on the wing it's easy yeah. yep and we had no speed and no pace down the sides today 
that was the other big part of it. If we if you can't play through them, you got to play around them, and we didn't do. It really does. Right, guys, I think we've pretty much talked most of this game. I mean, is there anything like you kind of want to highlight? Um, Lisa, I'll come to you. Any any final thoughts you want to get off your chest? Because, you know, um, somebody I think right, you just said there, this all reminds me of the early therapy days of AI. Yes, yes, I remember. Yep, eight years ago, I used to do them. Yep. Um, I'll come to you, Lisa. Any final takeaways from that game? No, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> I think we just sort of covered it all. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, one of the things that I, I dislike the most about the early kickoffs is, especially when it doesn't go well, um, and I'm thinking back to last, or not last season, season before last with um, Virgil's injury against, you know, Everton, that it just sort of ruins my whole day. Um, yeah, I've got got a lot of day to get through. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, I mean, you just have to hope that because of the players who were rested and everything, that the, the game midweek against Ajax is... An absolutely 180 and and a very different result for us because if it isn't then you know the rest of the season is going to definitely be just horrid no it, it really really is and what about you justin any final takeaways from this one yeah just i hope the world cup break comes soon um I, th- this team's not fun to watch right now i'm gonna watch every single one of these games because I, I'm a sick, sick man who who likes to torture. But um, yeah, they're they're just not fun to watch right now. There's 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 no element of real joy if Darwin or Diaz aren't playing for me in the team at the moment. I think that's fair, and I think you know, hopefully, um, I think Nunez hopefully should be back for the Ajax game because we really need a point. I think just you know what, just go hard in in the Champions League um, uh, and just try finishing top four here as well. And uh, I think Thiago was probably, I think he was ill, wasn't he? It's not an injury. I think he was ill. So hopefully we should see him back as well because boy, do we need him. Guys, is it even worth doing a man of the match? We've already talked about it. it. Alison Becker. (laughs) Yep, I'm I'm with you on that one. I mean, we're, we're we're in the bad situation where we're a top club and our best player is your goalkeeper, right? That, that's that, it, it shouldn't be that way, but that's where we are. And, uh, yeah, he's usually our, our man of the match because he's good. Alison Becker's man of the match. Right, guys, um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kieran, for calling in. And massive thanks to all the guys who have been chatting in Discord and keeping us interactive and keeping this pod going at a good, steady pace, something we can't say about the Reds. A massive thank you to these two, but before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs. Justin, I'll come to you. Where can people find you on social media, and is there anything you'd like to plug? You can find me at Rolls on Chavez. Um, you can also follow the LFCNY account. Um, and uh, we had a really successful camp food drive last weekend for uh, local uh, food pantry here, right here in New York City. Um, just, uh, you know, pretty proud of that. Amazing. You know what? That is wonderful news and I'm glad we're going to end it on, you know, some positivity there. And guys, and if, if you're in any region, just help your local food banks. Um, it is massively appreciated and just, you know, giving back to the community. Lisa, uh, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? So you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at lmariemh. Um, 
on the main AI pod, although we've we've not been able to kind of get it pulled together for various scheduling reasons here the last week or so, um, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to next week because I'm going to be traveling for work. But anyway, normally you can find me on the main AI pod, and um, yeah, just um, echoing what both Nina and Justin said about the helping out the local food banks. That's that's always always a worthy cause, and you just never know. Um, who's in that situation it may be it may be somebody you know and if you can do that little bit to help them it's always good absolutely good point and um yeah do check out the main ai podcast it's it's great and uh, give lisa and justin a follow and um we wish trev downey the host a speedy recovery who's out with some back problems um, so hopefully he makes a speedy recovery as well. For my part, guys, um, obviously I'll be back post match with um, with the Leeds game. Uh, hopefully, better. She says she hopes, and of course Euro incision with the guy Drinkle, which I'm absolutely loving. I'm uh, doing the pod with him, and hopefully I am in a better mood. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you so much for everyone that joined us live. Um, I know it's shit, but hopefully things will get better. Till next time, take care and um, up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.